We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome along to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio. My name's Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and as always I'm joined by one of the co-owners at Road of His, Mr. Sean Siegel. Sean, it's going to be a fun show today, the draft guide is out, the Dynasty Command Centre rookie draft guide. Uh, it's a phenomenal piece of content, part one is out right now, the other two parts will be coming throughout the off-season, but on today's show as part of that, we're going to be joined by Travis May, who you can follow on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M., he is the host of the College Canton podcast on Rotoviz Radio, and uh, he's going to help us to dive into some of these rookie prospects, talk through some of their uh, kind of potential landing spots and how we expect them to do in the NFL. Is one of the best minds when it comes to uh, the the college game and when it comes to the rookie prospects. If you remember back to last season, he was really and truly telling everyone to draft Antonio Gibson to get him on those rosters and of course if you listen to that advice uh, that sage advice you are in a good spot now with Gibson on those dynasty rosters heading into his second year so we'll see what he has to say in a moment but Sean today's show should be a good one Uh, the guide is out it is an exciting time off the season yeah it's fantastic and I'm so excited about the work that Curtis Patrick did on this Blair Andrews Dave Caven. And then, you know, we couldn't be in better shape than to have Travis May here today. He's been doing fantastic work. I know so many of you who listen to us also listen to Travis, but for those who don't, I mean, Travis is one of the best college football and Debbie minds in the community. And to have him so involved with the guide has been just a real blessing for us. It's been exciting to see what he's done. He worked on the tight end piece. He's got his wide receiver adjusted production index in there, which is one of my favorite metrics in terms of 
looking at these college wide receivers and how they're going to translate to the NFL level. He did blurbs for 100 plus players in this guide. So just fantastic work. The A lot of the work that he's done, including his top 100 rankings are up on the site. You can get that uh, if you go to the website and, and check that out. But the guide is something special and to have it come out this week to have Travis on the show. Uh, it just, it, it feels like the perfect situation here. So we're excited to have Travis. We won't waste any more time because we've got a lot of questions for him and uh, he's going to really get you set to dominate your rookie drafts all the way here in the first couple of days of February. Yeah. And uh, I guess well, we shouldn't wait any, we shouldn't waste any more time, Sean. We should just get straight to it. So uh, Travis, uh, welcome to the show. It's uh, it's going to be fun for us to have you on, on this show and the, the show later this week. So really looking forward to diving into the prospects. Uh, welcome. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. It's just a joy to contribute to the guide uh, every single year. Uh, it's a lot of fun just the, going through the ranking process with you guys, talking through some of our favorite rookies, looking at what everybody does in terms of the really in-depth analytical uh, perspective. Uh, and, and so it's just all it's always a, a lot of fun putting it together and to see the final product. It just looks beautiful. Curtis did a great job putting the guy together and um you know, I, I love putting together like the, I guess it was 110 different uh, players that I kind of covered on both offensive and, and defensive sides. I love doing that and kind of pulled some stuff from my top 100 series to um, some at, to add some there. But yeah, this this class is going to be a lot of fun to talk about. Uh, I, I'm a defensive nerd and there's a lot of players to get excited about there. Uh, wide receivers, seems like there's tons of guys to get up, you know, excited about there. And then really the quarterbacks, um, you know, having like half a dozen guys that, really even leading up through now or still at least in the conversation for uh, first round draft capital. That's, that's pretty rare to have that many prospects to get excited about. So excited to break some of these guys down. Well, Travis, let's jump in here at the one Oh one. I think that we have a couple of guys that people may be higher on than anyone from last year's class, certainly higher on than, than where we are with it now where Clyde Edwards Alaire uh, disappointing in that rookie season in our rookie rankings, you're the only ranker to have Travis Etienne above Jamar Chase. I, I love the running back here. And if he'd come out, I would have had him as the only running back in last year's class to perhaps challenge Jonathan Taylor. Do you think he hurt himself by coming back and averaging a career low 5.4 yards per attempt and struggling a little bit in that sort of high profile semifinal against Ohio State? Or did his 48 receptions solidify him? as the next back in this Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara mold. You know, I, I do think it perhaps at least with uh, most people that just tune into, you know, the college football playoff and maybe the big games and maybe you just kind of look at the, the raw overall body work from this year that looks a little bit less if efficient than what we're used to seeing from Travis Etienne. Maybe it, maybe it hurt that maybe his overall prospect grade comes down a tad, but I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, I was all over him and Jonathan Taylor. I was pumped to have those guys won too uh, last year. And so I, I think while it may hurt his overall you know, peak grade, I think be, given how weak this running back class is, he still may have actually earned himself some money contract wise because, you know, last year there were, there were what, five other guys that looked like top 50 talents. Uh, and then if the other guys crept up into the conversation late. And so this year there's only really one or two other guys max. I mean, a lot of people like Najee Harris. I like Javante Williams. You know, there's there's going to be one or two hype trains that come along, but it could be that Etienne is, is actually drafted higher this year, even though, you know, maybe his his overall group perception, maybe okay, maybe he's not as elite as we thought he was. 
but he could still get first round draft capital. And I do love his speed. I do love his receiving chops. And he was essentially the de facto wide receiver too for Clemson this year, uh, just out of, out of necessity and because he has the skill set to do it. So I was really glad to see him continue to grow in that way. Cause I mean, just two years ago, two off seasons ago, he was, he flat out admitted he like kind of freaks out, gets a little scared when the ball's in the air coming to him. And, and he just completely changed his game and became a receiver. And so I do think he can he can join the elite cohorts of like the McCaffreys and Camaras. And that's that's his ceiling. I really do believe in that. And that's why I have him over guys like Jamar Chase and Najee Harris and some other names that are up in there uh, in the top overall prospect conversation. Now, you mentioned the speed. We know that he's extremely fast. Does does this help him relative to Chase, who you know may not be? I mean, Chase is what seems like one of these all time prospects, but perhaps not a size speed freak. Does your ranking of Etienne say more about him, more about Chase, or more about positional value for you within this particular draft? See, I love Chase. I love Jamar Chase. So having Etienne over him is definitely not a knock in any way on Chase and his profile because there's there's almost really no holes in his profile. I mean, it, for, for those that love uh, breaking down film, uh, you may have already seen some people knock him in, in his, you know, I guess, number of reps against press coverage and things like that, being able to break off the press because he is not like he's not like a 6'3", 220 wide receiver. He's not going to punch you in the mouth off the line. Um, so, you, you know, you'll, you'll see – people nitpick him for that but that's that truly is just nitpicking uh but uh i love etn and i think because of his elite talent because of his elite calling card that is that speed and i think he has maybe the best if not the second best contact balance uh, of any running back in this class as well i think just those kind of physical traits mean a lot and when you look at his production profile and you kind of put it all together with receiving upside and his crazy you know 1500 plus rushing even from a year ago you know, I think when you piece it all together, it is more about ETN and his profile just being complete. But it is, again, about pos- positional value because I think that this class is pretty deep at the wide receiver position. Uh, and who I would get at the beginning of round two in rookie drafts this year uh, at the wide receiver position, I'm going to like a whole lot more than who I'm getting at the running back position. So I think I, I go for ETN first overall uh because of how amazing he is and because of this particular class being a little shallow at the running back position and not so much at the wide receiver position. Travis, you also have a second running back higher than the rest of the rankers. So tell us a little bit about Javante Williams here. He had 1,445 yards from scrimmage in only 11 games, right? Caught 25 passes, scored 20, 20, scored 22 total touchdowns. He's got bell cow size. He'll be one of the youngest prospects in the draft. You had Williams at number five overall, our only prospect, our only expert with him giving him a ranking in the single digits. Maybe compare and contrast him with his teammate, Michael Carter, who actually led North Carolina in rushing each of the last two years and caught 82 total passes in college. You have Carter at number 26. Is this gap based on more than just size and age? Are those the components that really make them very different players at the NFL level? Yeah, I think those are the the two big ones that are most obvious because when you watch them play, it's like you don't have to guess which running backs out on the field. Like some teams have like a couple guys that kind of look similar in stature. No, like you know, like okay, that's Michael Carter because he's like you know twenty five pounds uh, lighter and uh, you know probably two or three inches shorter. Like he's much smaller. Uh, like he does not play at, at two hundred pounds. Like I don't care what he weighs in at at his pro day. He doesn't 
play at 200 pounds and he's apparently not even quite five foot eight. And so he's a little smaller. He's kind of in a, a an historical bin of running backs that don't necessarily always hit. And, um, and even if they do, they don't always have huge workloads uh, in the NFL. So maybe, maybe he bulks up some, maybe he can maintain his burst and speed at that size. But I think that there are just a little bit more uh, questions there with Carter in that regard. Uh, but I love his skill set overall. Like I, I do like his potential, and I think he could stick in the NFL for a very long time as a contributing back that you know tops out at like you know eight, nine, ten touches in the right scheme. Um, but that's why I kind of have him rate, rated way lower because Javante I think has just as much speed, but he's twenty pounds heavier. Like, and you you can really measure that even dating back to his high school days. Like he was running in the four fives when he was like seventeen. So he he's had. NFL athleticism going for him for a very long time. And not only that, he is just as good as a receiver. And really he's been, I think last year he led the nation in yak per reception for running backs. And this year he was top five. And then you look at his contact balance. And I think the part of that is his contact balance being able to add after the catch and stay up. But even in the rushing game as well, I believe if you you check out Sports Info Solutions numbers, my own charting, and I believe even in Pro Football Focus, I think all those guys had Javante Williams as the number one back in terms of yards after contact this year among like Power Five conference running backs. So he has a lot going for him when you look at his profile, and not to mention North Carolina's scheme and and the packages they run. I think that translates really well to the pros. So. Uh, if you look at like how often they run like 11 personnel and how often he's running against boxes that, that kind of look like the pro. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's just from like a film standpoint, like... Uh, and you put him back, you know, up next to basically any other running back that's kind of a top name in this class. Um, he, he's he runs a lot of kind of pro set schemes, and in front he's facing fronts he's going to have to face in the pros, and still finding that success. So I think Williams is just the, the total package. And I actually had him on a, a deeper uh, Debbie fantasy football roster already coming in this year, so I was just pumped to see him kind of <laughs> go off and have you know twenty plus touchdowns. And so it's just one of those that situations that just worked out perfectly. And so I think he's going to be the running back three off the board uh, behind only ETN and Najee Harrison. Then there might actually be a gap. For the ones who get going when the going gets tough and the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you. So you... 
can always depend on us. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey, everybody. This is Dave Cabin from the Rotoviz flagship podcast. Just stopping by to say thank you for listening to Rotoviz Radio. We're offering our listeners a special 10% discount when they use the promo code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. Again, that's 10% off a one-year subscription when you use the promo code RVRADIO2021. Thanks for listening and keep on tuning in. Travis, you created one of my favorite metrics for evaluating the wide receiver position. It's the Adjusted Production Index, and it uses a, a couple of really cool pieces of information here it uses the adjusted dominator rating which is a measure of receiving market share and it uses yards and touchdowns per team attempt uh, to evaluate how productive wide receivers are i love this metric because we know that market share production helps people understand how productive a receiver actually was and helps you beat where the player was drafted in the nfl draft we also know that production per team attempt helps project wide receivers to the next level and they give us subtly different insights into how valuable a player was in his offense. And so you've put them together here. And I, I really like that because I think it gives us the full picture. So let's go through some of the highlights of some of the real stars in this metric. And you can give us some nuance and some texture in terms of what you think these guys are going to do now as they go to the NFL level. We'll start with Devonte Smith, 99th percentile. That's not going to be a surprise to anyone who followed his <laughs> Heisman Trophy winning season caught him in the in the college football playoffs where he just looked like he was operating on not just like a different level but like five levels up some perfect uncoverable you know impossibly good player the flip side is he's also older and not more experienced than many of the players he's competing against he gets to play in college football's best offense how important to you is it that he was also the best wide receiver for alabama in 2019 and you know it's kind of a, a difficult thing to decide at this point but does it raise any red flags for you that jerry judy and henry ruggs they both appear to have been overdrafted now judy especially maybe there are some quarterback play uh situations he was getting open drop some passes maybe he won't do that in the future but the broncos and raiders probably wish they had picked some other guys in in this draft last year where do we see smith with this incredible production profile but then sort of some odd elements of his profile as well yeah, so uh, I, I'm not really concerned with you know the uh, rugs and Judy kind of situation. I think Judy can still definitely pop uh, when he kind of gets a more stable quarterback situation. And and really analytically speaking, I think you and I are probably both on the same page that at, at best Henry Ruggs was you know a maybe if you squint kind of prospect. Like he's okay. Like the the draft capital kind of smoothed him out, and it looked like he could he could take off. Um, and, and I'm not ruling out that he could really improve as well, but really, I mean, the, dating back to these guys in their freshman year, like everyone knew that they were going to be special. Like it, back at their freshman year, Calvin Ridley was still there and he was hogging all the, the market share. So really didn't leave much room for uh, Devonte Smith, for Henry Ruggs, for Jerry Judy to kind of break out in their freshman year. But Devonte Smith was the guy who got the game winning, uh, touchdown in the national championship way back in Tua's freshman year and uh, I think some people kind of forget like how impactful Devonte Smith was in spurts as well even before he kind of truly broke out in a huge way in 2019 uh, but yeah he he was I mean frankly the the best wide receiver for two straight seasons uh really sharing the the target load with 
well, we already know two future first round picks and Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy. And then there's going to be an, another guy in Jalen Waddle who's going to be a first round pick this year, regardless of what we might think about his uh, analytical profile and how it kind of projects to the pros. But still, Devontae Smith out of that that trio and then really with J- Jalen Waddle, uh, Waddle coming on strong early on this past year, uh, he was the best guy all the way through and just looked like he was on a different level for two years in a row. Like, uh, so I... I don't know what there is really to knock him. I know that, you know, people want to try to analyze, uh, you know, like a teammate score and like kind of give some context to why he didn't really break out before. And, you know, he was already up to like, I don't know, 27%, 28% dominator rating last year. And so like when you're sharing the load, like just practically speaking, when you're sharing the workload with three future first rounders, uh, it's really hard to be like, Hey, I'm just going to take half the offense now. Uh, and, and that's just not how, uh, that offense has clearly worked, uh, really dating back to, I mean, Calvin Ridley kind of did his thing, but he was competing with a bunch of just freshmen and then nobodies. So I'm not really concerned about that and how he finished, you know, having more touchdowns and receiving touchdowns than anyone else ever in terms of uh, power five uh, wide receivers go. Uh, some people will kind of pick him apart because he's skinny, but if he fails uh, that, you know, him being a little skinny, is uh, probably going to be like the 15th or 16th most important reason that he failed. Um, just if you look at it, uh, yes, common sense wise, you know, skinny guys don't always work out, but that's really just like a survivorship bias more than anything. Like it, Smith is a, a different talent and yes. Okay. He caught a lot of screen passes last year. People are going to, I've already seen people kind of pick him apart for that, but screen passes only accounted for, I think less than 20% of his overall yards. So it's not like that was a huge you know, overwhelming part of his game. He just, he does everything really, really well. And so uh, if he stays healthy, I don't see why he's not going to be the wide receiver too uh, in this class. Moore has been branded as the next great slot receiver and his comps are fantastic. If you look through the box score, score scout up on the website and really until you start adding in his size and his hypothetical speed numbers, uh, then they, the numbers, you know, start to become merely solid. Is more somebody who could be drafted in the 30 to 45 range and be a steal in early best ball drafts this offseason? Or is he more of a long-term kind of wide receiver 2 slash 3 type prospect where dynasty owners should stash him and, and be patient for those results? Uh, what he was doing this year was absolutely absurd. Like against an all-ICC schedule and still just dominating games, even though they knew that like they came out and said like at one point like they were just going to try to break some records like because like they were they realized the opportunity and Elijah Moore was just doing stupid things week in week out um, and he's not just a slot receiver I think I think yes he he did that mainly because that offense loves to funnel the targets through that role and they put their best playmaker there I think it was uh, like sixty three or so uh, 64 of his like 80 something receptions came out of the slot this year, but he actually proved to be incredibly efficient when he lined up outside too, kind of like AJ Brown did when he was forced to kind of line up outside some for Ole Miss. Now he's Elijah Moore's not as thick as AJ Brown, but he can be physical and he can win outside. And he actually had, I think over 30% of his yards uh, actually came when he was lined up as an outside receiver. So I think he does everything really well. And so I think he can really dominate and where you know he has he checks all the boxes boxes in terms of uh, breaking out um, early, and uh, you know not as a true freshman, but breaking out shortly thereafter, having like a forty five percent peak adjusted dominator this year, and his yards per team pass attempt numbers were like ninety ninth percentile, just off the charts crazy. So 
there's really it's hard to nitpick with with Elijah Moore. I think he's probably a more uh, round two, early round three draft capital kind of guy because of his you know almost exclusive slot role. And I'm not sure he's going to have the elite elite athleticism, but I do like Elijah Moore to be more than just a wide receiver two or three type uh, in terms of his ceiling for sure. That's that's very interesting to hear, and I think that that sort of draft situation is going to be important for him. He's one of those players where I think Rotoviz readers and listeners really want to draft him, but if he ends up going, you know, outside the first two rounds, then it's yeah. more a question of, you know, if you're drafting him in best ball right now, are you going to get enough production early? to to justify the selection now he's a little bit cheaper in best ball as well which helps i'm just thinking in terms of the really cool wrong read that blair published this last week talking about how some of these rookies are really hurting best ball owners and so i'm even more making sure that a guy like more if i'm going to pick him you know i want to know he's going to go early obviously we never know for sure there are some guys who go much earlier and much later than we expect one of the players who is a little bit interesting from that perspective, and I think that very intriguing and yet a little bit scary, right? We've got Rashad Bateman, 90th percentile, again, the very top end for these wide receivers. Travis, he, he's been crazy in terms of production in college. He came in, gained 704 yards as a freshman in an offense that had Tyler Johnson back that up with 1219 and 11 touchdowns on 20 yards per reception. In his second year, again with Johnson there, his career yardage share of 30%, 34% screams, you know, star or even superstar, right? 29% is really the number that, you know, over the long term has been kind of that dividing mark between guys who maybe are okay and guys who really go on to be fantasy producers that, you know, we can really count on. The problem is that a lot of, you know, Debbie owners are still feeling pretty burned by his his teammate there johnson falling deep in the draft and so they're i think leary bateman's own question marks in terms of this weight speed combination uh, make us feel at ease with taking bateman early in 2021 rookie drafts <laughs> oh man that's that's a tough challenge i think uh just because it's hard when people wear the same uniform and the same helmet and uh, and one, you know, comes out and, you know, falls and really Tyler Johnson had a strange draft season. I, I don't know if everyone remembers. He kind of like backed out of his like senior, uh, well, I guess he didn't get the senior bowl invite and backed out of the, the I guess it was the shrine bowl or something. And there were just kind of some murmurings that there was some un, unspoken stuff going on. Uh, I don't know what happened and they didn't really do anything <laughs> at, at the combine, I guess. And so it was just the whole process was really strange for Tyler Johnson. Um, but he had a ridiculous production profile and he, he has flashed for the bucks at times. So I'm, I'm still not knocking him and I think he could still work out, especially if, uh, Godwin does indeed move on, uh, in this off season, you know, being the free agent that he is. Uh, but yeah, I think with Bateman, uh, I, I I think just practically with his film, there are going to be some questions just because he's not the uh, top tier athlete, just like Johnson was not a top tier athlete. Um, but Bateman came in and immediately produced, had it like a 90th, even before this season, he didn't even improve his numbers. Like he already had like a, a 90th percentile adjusted production index, I think coming into this year. So he had, he had like a near perfect production profile and, you know, didn't play that much this year, but he was already, uh, when you look at his game, like how he plays, um, he runs a ton, a ton of slants and double moves. Uh, and, and a very simplistic route tree. So 
I think that for our purposes, like what, how we look at wide receivers at Rotoviz, like that, we don't really build that into our metrics, but I think that might hurt because, you know, the film people that actually are making the, the decisions might not be so apt to invest in him because of his limited route tree and how he wins um, is not always on him. It's, it's, it's really just PJ flex, really awesome scheme that makes the quarterback and wide receivers look great. Uh, so got to keep that in mind with Bateman. Uh, Bateman, I think he's still a maybe round two wide receiver, but um, if he's not, uh, that's going to be a problem. And he's going to drop way down the board because he doesn't have like any elite trait going for him. And we do have the recency bias uh, still in our minds with Tyler Johnson. So uh, right now he is kind of like on that fringe of and like one quarterback leagues. He's fringe first rounder, early second rounder in super flex leagues, but uh, in terms of rookies, but uh, I do have my questions in terms of his absolute ceiling. Unlike Moore, he does he is getting a lot of buzz in terms of potential first round pick. Do you buy that at all, or do you think some of these early mocks are still looking at his production and are not taking in uh, some of these concerns that may drop him into the second and, and hopefully not, but even into the third round? Yeah, I think the early mocks are just kind of looking at uh, his peak moments, um, and I, I just don't see him being a first rounder. Not that I don't believe he can be. Uh, and he, he could be really good. I just think there are probably more questions and there are a few other really explosive guys that are probably going to get taken over him because that, that's just where the NFL is right now. They're just addicted to speed. And uh, when we see some of these ridiculous pro days <laughs> coming up, there are going to be some guys that kind of just pass him because he, he might just flat out abstain from even running, even at his pro day, because uh, I just don't think he's that fast. So if you can't help yourself during draft season, just uh, sit out what you can during draft season. I think that's become more prevalent. We've seen that in the even in the NFL Combine in recent uh, recent years. Just guys just not doing it because they, they can just kill their stock. So um, if, if other guys succeed and have good pro days, I think he could fall further and further down real draft boards. Whether or not that's good process, that's probably another debate. But but I think uh, that's what we might see here in the coming weeks. Travis, this has been awesome stuff. It's been so cool to have you on the show today. And thankfully, we're going to have you back again on Thursday to kind of cover the other half of what we're doing here. That'll only be a small fraction of what we have in the Dynasty Command Center Rookie Guide. And Travis has done a, a huge share of the work there. It's a really cool guide. And one of the cool things that we're going to do, or I think fun things, at least for us, is that we're going to offer a free guide in a little bit of a contest here. We've done something like this before where whoever gives us the best five-star rating and review and the way that we're going to judge this we want something specific a specific story maybe the most creative or entertaining you know hopefully accurate story about how rotoviz overtime allowed you to win your 2020 either dynasty league a regular fantasy league maybe ffpc a main event league anything like that the best one will get a free copy of the guide we hope all the rest of you obviously come and check that out on the site and uh, call up, take us away here and, and we're going to have Travis again on Thursday. And that is going to do it for today's edition of the show. Of course, follow Travis on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M. You can find also the College to Canton podcast on Rotoviz Radio through all the podcast players. Of course, give us a written and review as well in your favorite podcast app, and that'll give you an opportunity to win that contest that Sean mentioned for that draft guide. You can also check out the draft guide at rotoviz.com forward slash DCCRG. 
and you can sign up for a one-year nfl pass at rotoviz.com using the code rv radio 2021 to save yourself 10 percent at checkout with all that said with all that done this is another edition of rotoviz overtime in the book my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland our guest today was travis may and my co-host was sean siegel as always you can check out sean's great work up on rotoviz.com until we're back with another edition of the show have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late, and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, and our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com/keepstock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.